Summer is almost here, guys. And that means pool parties. That means swimming, fun in the sun. Do you guys have a pool? Do you guys need pool service? Or you guys got a pool that needs repairs? Well, our sponsor, Castro's Pool Service and Repair, is the person for you. Give them a call at 209-675-5418. Remember, support those that support us. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Nashi. I'm a tattoo artist at Nasty Tattoos and a fighter at Strike Fitness and a mental health advocate. And this is Happy Dagger, bro. So don't know how to fucking start shit yet, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> It was a really productive week, if not a tiring fucking week. Um, did some really cool shit. First thing I want to talk about is we did some spider lilies. And spider lilies, I don't know if anybody knows or anything, that they are this kind of really pretty red flower that um, I first saw in Tokyo Ghoul. Tokyo Ghoul is a great anime. The first season is by far the best in my opinion. But, eh, you know what? I still love Hide. Hide is a great character, but they kind of lost me at some point. Anyway, we did spider lilies, right? Because this girl, we did them on. She came in with her grandma to get tattooed originally. Her grandma's like in her 60s or whatever like that. She's like, fuck it. I'm going to get my first tattoo. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do your tattoo. And so we're tattooing her grandma and everything. Then the girl's like, I want one too. And so we schedule her in. And she gets fucking spider lilies. She's planning to cover her whole, like, you know, wrapping around the forearm with spider lilies. So we just started them with one. And it was a big-ass fucking one on her arm. And so that one's really fun. I got to try out a new ink I've been really wanting to work on. I've been wanting to play this ink from, uh, I think, Kurosumi. It's called, like, a black cherry or dark deep cherry. It's one of them. But fuck it. It's this really beautiful um, burgundy-colored ink. And you can use it like, a, like a, a gray wash. But the whole thing about it is it has this red tone to it. So, you know, it heals up, you know, looking like the toasty kind of, like, warm black kind of color. And it's really pretty. But I wanted to use it because I feel like it complements red tattoo, like, red ink very well. And I got to be able to use it to shade it. And so it kind of made like these little like um, spindly things coming off the thing ring. But um, it makes these little spindly things coming off the spider legs and everything stand out more in my opinion. It stands out better than black because the black he was usually uh, was using it as an outline. But the burgundy deep cherry and everything was really kind of cool to use that. And it was just kind of like a cool experience to be able to play around with it. Still want to learn how to use it better, but it's really cool. Um, next one I want to talk about. It was the sun one I did. It has like the sun, we had her name, we had her son's name in there because she's like, oh, I have my son's name, let's get a sun tattoo. And so we go through and we do it. I, I was kind of nervous at it at first because I haven't done many things, if any at all, with like with any pieces without line work. And the whole thing about that is, is that when you're trying to build off of it and everything like that, when there's no lines there, you're just working off that stencil. And so I'm trying to build the depth and definition in the whole tattoo by using my grays. And what I had set up is I had my black, my dark wash, my medium wash, and my light wash. And we had a little bit of white at the very end. But um, basically, it was trying to create this like this scheme of the sun rays coming off, going through the name, going through, you know, um, I think it was a phrase that we had put in there. And we're trying to get that along with some clouds and make it all stand out accordingly, you know, because obviously, if you have a sun rays and you have a darker area of the sun rays, you can't have a dark cloud right there because they're going to be all muddy and merged together. And so that was really kind of fun to play with. It's something more like I think West Coast kind of shit the guys typically do that I, I haven't done a lot of it. So we got dog. It was a cool opportunity to play around with it. And um, I want to do more like that, actually. So that was another thing we did this week. And the last fucking one, I can't remember off the fucking life of me. What was it? Lilies. Oh, it was a Phoenix. It was a Phoenix one that we did. And um, 
yeah, not really a lot to say about that and everything. She had t- she um, came in at first and everything originally to get like some lettering on the forearm, but she, she decided to change it when she came in. And so instead of doing like this some little like fucking little lettering and everything like that, she got um, the outline in black and gray of a phoenix. And she's like, oh yeah, I might want to add color in later. But she got it because of I think it's Jean Grey from Marvel, like she because she becomes a phoenix. And that was really cool. And to the lady, she was actually really fun to talk to. And so um, we got video of that one I think too, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of mainly in tattooing as far as that goes. There haven't been really been any big events as far as tweakers go. We had one girl fucking throw open a fucking door and fucking nearly hit one of the clients. And it was bad. And people was like, what the fuck? I just saw from I was piercing the station, right? I just see this fucking door fling open. And the dude's like, what the fuck? And she's like, hey, so how do we get you guys upstairs? And we're like, what the fuck? We don't have an upstairs. And they're like, oh, are you sure? Because I could have sworn you guys had an upstairs. I'm like, nope, nope. And she's like, oh, okay, bye. And she flings the fucking door open again and leaves. And it's like, oh, shit, okay, you know? Um, don't know what the fuck is up with that. You know, with all these fucking bars coming back and shit like that, we're getting a lot of weird people coming in who are fucking, you know. Um, but then it kind of brings up the whole topic about when you're drunk or high and you come in to get tattooed. We have the ability to turn people away, and usually, you know, we will turn people away if they're kind of like that. But, you know, you get occasionally the drunk-ass fucking client who comes in and fucking like, I want my little ponies plastered on my fucking face, and you're like, fuck it, let's do it. You know, because what actually happened the other day and everything is that Ricardo, he took this um, number down for this person who they wanted to get My Little Pony. I'm guessing some kind of fucking pink ass fucking bubble letter or something like that across the fucking forehead. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. He's like, nausea, sound like you. Hit it up. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And so I haven't hit it up yet, but um, it sounds like fun. So um, I don't know what to talk about. My artwork. I'm sad. I haven't really had a lot of time to do like a lot of my own personal artwork. I've been doing mostly things for the shop, doing things like you know designs. I have some bigger designs coming up. That's gonna be um, next week. I'm gonna have like a Rick and Morty one. I've been working on. I have you know a demon, a Japanese demon with like lanterns. I'm working on. I have some other pieces like that, and then I have logos I'm working on. You know, like for um, for, for for Nancy. And so I haven't really had a lot of time to fucking draw anything for myself. And it feels kind of like, I feel like as an artist, you need to be able to have a little bit of time to take that time for just completely enrichment in drawing. Because there's a difference between having a piece of drawing that you're working on to practice something, like practicing action, practicing anatomy, practicing lighting, or this or that and everything. It's different to have something that you're trying to learn on, whereas it's something that you have something to express with. And that's why I've been missing out on this week, because I haven't been using any of my art to express, and so I don't have a lot of it to show. And it makes me kind of sad and I'm like well shit you know but that's because it's like by the time that I'm off of work I've been pulling 9 10 o'clock and everything like that right fucking 9 10 hours and fucking just like by the time I'm off I'm so damn fucking tired I can't been able to do shit and I'm just like I just want to fucking draw for fun and so it's earlier today even I, I sat down and I, I with the intent of I'm gonna draw something for fun and as soon as I sit down nothing <laughs> just goes completely blank and I'm like what the hell am I supposed to do so just listening to music um I was listening to what was it called S- serotonin it's serotonin by girl in red and it's a great song but it reminds me of my, of mental health you know and so I, I was drawing this character I may have and everything I think I mentioned him before where he has a TV for a head, and like he's a little broken antenna. It's an old school fucking TV, and it says schizo across the bottom. And um, he's kind of, I think, a cool character because it's like obviously the whole TV head character thing's been played out plenty of times and everything. 
but I kind of like this idea because he can't talk. He has no words of his own. He doesn't have the ability to do any of that, but he can show what he's feeling and how he's expressing it and everything on that screen on his face. Whereas also it's kind of that little bit of um, paranoia I have of everybody watches the TV, everybody who has their eyes on it. They can see, you know, they see it and it's meant to be watched. And so now that character is like, oh shit, people can actually see me. People are watching me. They watch everything I'm feeling and it all just plays across my face. And it feels kind of like I want to channel some of that helplessness that I feel with the whole camera thing. Cause I know that you're watching this, but at the same time, it has a little bit of paranoia for me. I'm like, you can see me through here, right? And so, you know, I can't see you, but you can see me. And that's the whole thing I have about this character with the TV is that I feel like all my emotions are played out on my face. I have no words to say. But then at the same time, everybody still can see everything that goes on in here. And so I feel like I have a lot of personal connection to this character that I've created. Amongst all my other characters, this is one of the ones that, like, I feel a personal connection to. That and my little demon, demon imp dude thing, because that's a completely different story, but... For the TV dude, I feel like I want to draw more with him. It's just really fucking, it's a weird shape fucking head to play with. And it's like, how the fuck do I get to move with the shoulders? Because if I want his shoulders to come up, obviously the TV's going to stop it. And so it can't come up all the way. But that means there's also another area there to learn how to express things. I can learn how to use the character's body type or I can use, you know, different expressions on the, on the TV screen. I can use different ways that the antenna move and everything on the head to express things, kind of like with my little uh, imp dude. I don't know if he's a demon or an imp. I think he's an imp. But um, I use different things on him to express the way that he feels, like the way the tails move or the way that, you know, even the eye, his eyebrow ring will change the little hearts or whatever like that. And it's just kind of really cool to be able to play with the fun parts of drawing, like remembering it's a cartoon. It's, a, it's an illustration. It doesn't need to abide by the natural laws of physics or anything like that. And so if I want to make the TV screen kind of go up into like a little fucking rectangle like this instead of being out like that for a fucking frame, then I can. And so... I want to draw more for myself so I can get more of that character out there. He's really cool. And it's just that finding that time, finding that time when you're a professional artist, it's like that just kind of clicked in my head that I'm a professional artist and yet I don't draw for myself. I don't draw any of the comics that I've been working on. And it feels kind of sad. So that's pretty much what I've been working on for my artwork. But um, other than that, besides the whole emotional bullshit with it, I've been trying to play around with more on traditional canvas because a lot of the time I focus heavily in digital now. and Digital and color pencil, but you can't do either of them on a fucking canvas. And so that's when I use India ink. And what's really fun about that is because it's the whole like tattoo kind of trade they take inspiration from, India ink was the original ink for tattooing, right? It's that kind of fucking bullshit you see the little skater kids fucking doing stick and pokes with. That India ink is just, it's a staple. And so using it on canvas is great because it doesn't flake off like tattoo ink does. It's not as thick and dense and everything as acrylic paints or as, you know, runny as watercolor or whatever. It's a really fun medium and I could blow it with like a straw. I can play with it on newspaper. I can, you know, use sponges and shit. I can use my hands. I use my hands a lot with it. It's like I could put um, the wax color, wax crayon on the canvas too, and that'll keep the ink out of there. And so when I go back over it, it's dried and everything. Now there's that negative space that the ink hasn't been able to touch, and it looks really fucking cool to be able to do that. But um, indie ink's great too because there's lots of different colors for it. I have a metallic indie ink that I really think is fun. It kind of just adds a whole new sheen. Like I have an, um, an angler fish that I've uh, painted and everything, and off the little light bulb on it, I used a little bit of that spittery like. Uh, on the straw go like that and the ink goes out and scatters to make it look like light 
And it's just one of those mediums that I absolutely love besides tattoo ink and color pencil. India ink is probably one of my favorites. So that's pretty much how I've been doing for art. Other than that, another kind of art I've been playing around with has been um, studying leather. And it's really cool because I get inspiration now for my characters that I draw too, like the little imp dude. He wears a lot of fucking studded leather and shit. And so it's like, it is fun. It just hurts because it's like, it fucking pokes the hands and shit. But that's just another kind of like miscellaneous little fucking art shit that I do. I don't think it, does it consider it art? I think so, yeah. So anything expressive is art, right? Yeah, I think so. Look, I learned though. I put the spikes all the way. Right, I put the spikes all on the cow, on the collar and everything. But then I put go put the jacket on, and the spikes are poking me in the fucking neck. I'm like, ah, shit! You gotta fucking take them out and do them again. <laughs> so it's all trial and error. So, but as far as I'm, yeah, yeah, that's that's about the artwork for the week. So other than that, I'm just trying to pull inspiration from different places. Um, kind of going into the gym. The gym has actually been a really good week. I feel like we started that we started the whole like sprinting, sprinting and circuit bullshit this week, and it was so hard. It was so hard, and I wanted to cry, but I didn't cry this week. So that's a bonus. That's a bonus this week because last week I did like twice or three times something like that. But um, this week was just exhausting at the gym, but it feels really good. I feel like it's because the mania is starting to pick up and everything. Like maybe the whole week has had that hypomania kind of bullshit building up. And now it's like, okay, now I'm ready to go. And now I fucking go. And that's the mania talking. And so I'm probably not going to sleep for the next you know, couple of days or whatever like that. But that's okay because it happens. At least now I have the energy to fucking go. And mania is like, it's a great feeling for a short while, but then eventually you get kind of really tired of it because it just doesn't stop. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know, hearing a song once and you're like, fuck yeah, I like this song. And you keep listening to the song again and again and again and again. And all of a sudden it's been playing all fucking day. Now it's been playing for two days, for three days, four days. And you're like, okay, can we change the song now? I'm getting really fucking bored of this. But it's like, nope, the song is still going to play. It's like fucking hearing Christmas music and a fucking J.C. Penney's and everything. If you fucking work at J.C. Penney's in the middle of Christmas time, you're already goddamn sick of that fucking Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, <laughs> you know? And um, that's kind of the way mania feels. At first you're vibing with it, and then it's just like, not anymore now, bro. So I'm kind of in that state right now where things are starting to pick up again. So it's usually, I think clinically speaking, that they are categorized by about two-week periods. There's like two-week periods. I think I mentioned it before, right? about the time span for the mania, or no? Have I? No. No? no. Okay, so usually clinically speaking, it's supposed to be two-week periods of either the um, of either the mania or the psychosis, like either or, and then together. And so um, it, it's like you need to have a period of psychosis without any sort of uh, mood disorder you know, in order to be categorized as schizoaffective. And that happens. Whereas also you need to have a week, couple week period of having just mood disorders and not, you know, the psychosis. Because they go back and forth. And then sometimes I feel like it's mainly when I don't sleep is that when they start getting combined together and then it all just crashes like a fucking mess. And it sucks. But that's kind of one of the things, clinically speaking, that they look for when you get diagnosed. So they look at how long you've been experiencing these things. And... Hmm? Bring the... Sorry. Did I just waste all that time? No, no you're good. You're good. Okay, you're I was going to say, do I need to repeat my whole self again? No, you're good. It, okay. It, it, it got through. I just want to make okay. sure that... Sorry. Did I just yell in their ear? No, you didn't yell in their ear. Sorry for yelling in your ear, man. Not you, them, or this person. <laughs> I'm remembering now. But um, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, mental health. Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, overall, this week's been pretty good. It's just the hypomania picking up again. I didn't cry this week, so that's really good. Still feeling slightly overwhelmed with things when they get... Like the other day, like it was Thursday. It was Thursday at wrestling. There were so many people there. There were so many people there. And at first, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. There was a lot of people. Oh, yeah, then I had a panic attack at work yesterday. But that's okay. <laughs> but there was so many people at wrestling the other day. I was trying to fucking not completely like go away but then it got better we started getting a new activity and shit the cartwheels was really fun and so I feel like that kind of brought me back down and everything out of that anxiety of oh my god there's like 30 people in here you know or just like trying to get back in the middle because last night was like when I had the panic attack at work and everything right it was like 7 30 at night or so I had somebody come in and he wanted to get some lettering on his arm and something on his hand right and the whole time I'm just like trying to breathe through with the stencil trying to get to calm myself down while feeling like the panic attack is coming on and I'm like okay I cannot show it at work I just can't you know I can't go home I can't show it at work I need to knock out the tattoo and it was fucking hard bro I'm gonna be honest it's only happened a couple times where I have that kind of incident at work and I've been able to make it through every time, thank God, but fucking it's hard, you know, because you're trying not to not to show it. And I feel like it's when you have that kind of masking that, you know, other people with um, sort of like autism or ADHD and ADD and everything, what they have to experience and when you have to mask and show that, you know, you have to present yourself as you're OK so you don't worry other people or scare other people or get them concerned or whatever, or even just to fucking work at your job. You have to mask a certain way. And it's just like, like you do what you can. Fuck, you know. But it's like the panic attack ended up subsiding and everything in the middle of the tattoo. I'm like, okay, now now I can work because artwork is relaxing for me. Tattooing, even though sometimes it's stressful, it is relaxing. It's an ink therapy for, for you and an ink therapy for me. And that's something I look forward to when I go to work, even if I'm still having that panic attack. Like the, like the, when I talked about the vomit kind of girl and everything like that, she, that gave me a fucking panic attack at work. It was the fucking middle of the tattoo. And I'm like, I cannot stop. The ink's only halfway in her fucking skin. I have to keep going. And I want to be able to push like that in sparring too on days where I have that kind of panic that comes on. But it's something that that part I'm still working on. For tattooing, I can still reel it in. I think it's because it's not as intense of an environment. If it's just me, the client, and like music playing the background, I can still kind of reel it in. But when you have other factors going on in the environment, such as somebody punching at you, or you have the music, you know, you feel everything. You feel the sweat, you feel the hair, you feel everything just going on around you. It feels like a lot more to have to process when you're having anxiety. So that was pretty much how mental health went for the week. Um, yeah. That's what I couldn't say about that. <laughs> Help me out. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been talking this whole time. Yeah, you're doing good. Um, I know. Just, I, I like having involvement from people. No, you were talking about Franbo earlier. Yeah, definitely. Wh- Franbo's it- been the only thing that actually, like, seriously, like, I love horror. I love horror. I love gore. I love all that shit. But Franbo's the only thing that truly upsets me enough to not finish it. And what Franbo is, I think it's, I believe it's an indie game, right? Indie platformer game about a little girl who she is committed into a mental institution and with, you know, delusions, hallucinations and stuff. And she has this, this cat and the cat and everything, her and the cat get separated and everything when she gets put into the institution. He's like, Fran, I need you to come help me. I need you to come save me. Right. And so she, she gets the medicine and she leaves the mental institution against, you know, what everybody, you know, she is supposed to stay there, but she just leaves. And so she's going out to get her cat and her and her cat go out and they go find like her parents or whatever like that. Right. And there's this whole story about 
her using the drugs to find her way through this whole world and through these monsters and all these tragic events and shit, you know, it's just full of gore and viscera and everything. But the whole time it's like, I feel like, I feel like scared and sad by it because like the cat is like, you know, used as a tool to drive Franbo, which is great for, you know, character development and shit. But for me, it hits a little too close to home when you start involving cats and like schizophrenia and like drugs and like people, you know, having these bad shit happen to them. It's just something that just something about it deeply disturbs, disturbs me. And it's like the artwork in it is interesting, but it's not pretty. It's not pretty artwork whatsoever. You have like these trees that are fucking made out of fucking human hands or like they have heads hanging off of them, shit like that. And it's kind of, you would think that it's something I'm into considering the kind of shit I draw, but at the same time, it's just something unsettling about it. Like there's like these two little girls right in this house where like, hey Fran, if you know you can't find the key, we're gonna eat your cat. And it's like, what the fuck? The cat is kept in a fucking birdcage or whatever like that. And the fucking parent needs to find the keys or make the stew or whatever. Otherwise, going to eat her fucking cat. And it's just kind of like, God damn, this kid can't catch a break. It's just, ah, uh, it's, that's the only thing that truly upsets me. That and cannibals, but we all know about that by now. But Fran Bo, I still, I still want to finish it. Last time I saw it, she got turned into a tree. She got turned into a tree and set up to fucking this like axolotl in the sky. And it's a whole fucking acid trip kind of shit. And I don't know what the fuck's going on. But the poor kid, it's like other people have tried to do the whole mental health schizophrenia kind of thing in video games or in other types of media. But I feel like that in particular, that is one of the scarier kind of representations of it, in my opinion, which is makes me sad because there should be other healthier expressions of, you know, schizophrenia out there. At least that, you know, something that some kid can turn to when, you know, they do start developing symptoms. That way it doesn't feel so hopeless and so scary because it's like, there is there is dark parts of schizophrenia and dark parts of schizoaffective disorder. There's plenty of that, don't get me wrong. But like, it's not, it's not all that way all the time, you know? I don't see fucking gore and shit all the fucking time. If anything, I've never seen gore with the exception of like one case where it was like a chain letter that I had gotten and everything like that from like, you know, fucking dumbass high school kids. I'd gotten a chain letter on my fucking phone and I ended up seeing what it was warning about and everything in the middle of the fucking night. It was like a severed head in the closet hanging by its fucking hair with red eyes and some fucking creepy pasta shit and everything. And that's the only gore thing I've seen. You know, I've seen, which, if anything, it's been more weird shit, you know. Well, I don't know if the, 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 the dude, if he would count as gore. Does he count as gore? He looks kind of mummified. Yeah. You guys can't see him! You're showing a drawing of him. He's mm -hmm. the one by the bed stand. Sorry, yeah. not near the by the mic. The one by the bed stand. So I think mm -hmm. that would be more of horror. Horror? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I guess he's a bit more of horror. He just doesn't, doesn't feel scary. But Franbo, yeah, is it's... It, is it RPG? Uh, RPG. Like uh, role playing, what's it called? What's RPG again? Role playing games. Yeah, no, like, no, it's uh, like a platformer. Not uh, RPG, like the where you like little Mario, a uh, little what? Mario. Mar my cousin's name, little Mario. <laughs> um, Mario Brothers. I guess not. Well, yeah, no. Because like it is how a how is it based? Is it like POV? It's like is a, it? It's an interactive story. Like these ones, these type of games, like a uh, fan vote, it's like interactive. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based. Story. Yeah. So. You're not an act. You're not controlling the actual character. 
I mean, no, you go through the story, like make choices and stuff. Like, oh, do you take the pill? Okay. Do you not take the pill? That kind of thing. Like a chapter you know, book. Yeah, like a chapter book and everything, you know. Or it's like, oh, the head has asked for you to bring it these mushrooms. Are you going to follow what the head says and everything? And it's like, okay, yeah, I am. Or no, go away, that kind of thing. And so you make the decisions based on that, and it leads the story around. So it's a really cool one. If you guys, I don't know if you want to pull it up or nothing. I do want to draw fan art for it. It's just kind of thing of that, I don't know, just, ugh. <laughs> You know, but it's it's crazy because like the fact that you you have schizophrenia. She, yeah. the Frambo has schizophrenia, right? Yeah, it's it's implied that she has schizophrenia. I don't know if they like say it specifically, but it's implied because of hallucinations, the delusions. The whole time, the the doctor. It starts out with basically with Frambo. The it gives its story and everything, saying Frambo was like this little girl who lived with her parents, and one day she found them both dead or something like that. And they always hurt her cat. She gets picked up by her aunt, and then she gets sent to a mental institution. And it's kind of like it opens it up, and then it reveals that she's talking to a therapist, and like, he's like, oh. Fran, you're having these delusions again. And just like, bro, no. First of all, that's a shitty thing to tell somebody who has a delusion is, oh, it's okay, you're just having a delusion. It's like, fuck you. No. It's like it, Caroline. Huh? It's like Caroline. Coraline. Cor- Carol- Coraline. <laughs> Coraline. Coraline. Coraline, though, it's a lot. The book is different than the movie. If you've ever, have you seen, have you read the book? No, I can't read. No. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the book is actually way different than the movie. So it's still, you know, the other mother who was playing the villain in there and still like, I think what the fuck is it called? Mm, I don't remember the actual name of the monster, but she's a, she's a monster. And she does, you know, try to eat these children and shit. But like, it's actually the actual story, Coraline, it feels a lot more gross and less whimsical because there's like the other, like the other father, he is revealed at the end to be like this amorphous blob of just like rotting meat and just like tissue and shit and he's trying to communicate to Coraline like here I don't want to hurt you take this and that kind of thing and it's fucking just like it keeps comparing things to bugs and maggots and the rats are evil and shit you know they're all playing the the other mothers you know um gremlin servant things right but it's like it feels a lot fucking darker than the Tim Burton one does which is really weird because you would think Tim Burton would take it the complete opposite way instead of being you know all you know dragonflies and blue and purple and whimsy and talking cats no I don't think the cat actually talks at all I don't think the cat is even a character is it yeah it's a character Wybie's not a character though he's not a character in it and um I don't remember how it ended I didn't finish it I know I know that uh Kira had gotten the book and everything from like the library and I just kind of snook it a little bit and just read while I had the opportunity and then she returned it. I'm like, ah, fuck. Okay. So I couldn't finish it, but it does have similarities in there. The whole, like the idea of the little girl with the cat, I think kind of reminds you also of Alice in Wonderland too. So it's this whole kind of setup that, um, these stories have these like weird kind of, they could be psychological kind of stories have that kind of setup where the little girl is there with the cat and they go into this enchanted world where it's all fucked up and they're the main target for the villain. So, but I don't know. Hmm. I wonder if Fran Bo was based off of it in any way. There's certain the, elements in there that kind of remind me of it. The fucking weird scatteredness of it does remind me of fucking Alice in Wonderland. But like the art, art the like the art in it are, is similar, right? Fran Bo? Yeah. To Coraline? Yeah. Um, you mean like Tim Burton's Coraline? No, yeah, the the movie. Yeah. Like it, the artwork I'm saying. Yeah. It's a little the s- the similar, right? Yeah, it is definitely. It's kind of, it's that scraggly kind of artwork, you know, I mean, scraggly in the best fucking way possible, but like it isn't meant to be pretty. It's not meant to be polished, you know, looking at it. The colors are all very dull. They're very much in sepia toned and it's made that way purposefully though. 
you know, because the whole kind of point of view of the character, if, if it was bright and bubbly and hot pink and shit like that, it conveys a different emotion than, you know, a sage or an olive wood or, you know, some other kind of, you know, a steely gray color. They all convey different emotions, and so that's why they're used in certain ways. Kind of like if you noticed in Coraline, the um, the other mother's world and everything, it's all the inverted colors of the actual world. They're all inverted. So, you know, so the character that was blue in Coraline's world is now, you know, flesh-colored in, you know, the other mother's world because it's supposed to be the complete opposite. And so it's just a really interesting artistic point in there because it is, you know, the other world, you know, it's what should be, but isn't. So, Dan, it's crazy. Um, so the developers, it was two people. Oops, I dropped the chess my pieces. Ch- chess piece. Yeah. The developers, it was two people um, Natalia Martson mm-hmm. and um, Kimanan. Oh, whoopsie. Sorry, guys. Isaac, Isaac Martson. And uh, they went to crowdfunding the Indigo, mm-hmm. Indiegogo mm-hmm. Uh, website, like GoFundMe. Yeah. And um, they raised $28,000 in 2013 to make the game. Franbo? Yeah. That's sick. That's really sick. I love that it was made by indie developers and everything. Yeah. It feels like it adds a bit more to it. Because when you have an indie piece of work and everything, you don't have certain you know qualifications or restrictions made by big companies. Like, for example, um, I don't think I've referenced it before and everything has been Hotel. It's another kind of cartoon that I really, really like am interested in. But they got picked up by a network, and so now there are certain restrictions they have to work with. And it's just kind of like, is that something you really want to deal with? Kind of like how I was talking about if I ever got my work published as like a, cart- like a comic book, that there's certain creative pieces that I don't want to give away, you know, certain creative control I don't want to give away because that's something that, you know, a publishing company would be able to, to, to impose. You know, like, oh, we don't like the way this character is. You got to fucking change him. And I'm like, well, fuck you, man. That kind of shit, you know? But we live in a day now, the times now, like, mm-hmm. you don't need those. Those bigger names. Yeah. That's why it's cool to have the fucking indie shit, you know? That's We're really indie. Cool. Huh? Yeah. We're indie. Oh shit! You didn't even think. Of, <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't even think about that. We're independent pod- podcasters. Oh, is that what indie means? Oh, oh. my goodness! <laughs> Are you serious? I thought it was like music. No. Is that what indie music is? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, yeah, independent. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be thinking about no. that for fucking like three well, days now. Fuck. Hold on, let me see what what indie means in music. Because I know it might. What if be... you're like wrong? <laughs> but like indie music has a certain vibe to it. It does, yeah. Right, but like it reminds me of like stoner shit. Yeah, it, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's in independent music. Okay. Yeah, indie <laughs> that music. That makes me happy. But. The genre of independent music, it has that, like, um, it has that, how do I say it? Like, Florence and the Machines. Like it the, tastes like acoustic music. Like, mo- Modest Mouth. Blue, yeah. Blue, blue. But more, like, high energy. Yeah. Like. It tasted up here, though. It's yeah. up here. And it's kind of orange in general. Not like, always, but it's, like, up here. But they don't. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> like the or- No, I'm trying to like relay that. I don't even know what to say to that. Because the colors come in different places. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So you said orange. Yeah, up here on the nose yeah. bridge, like right there. But on, you feel it. So. Okay, that's new to me. So yeah. you 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 would tell me that you heard your sounds, in colors. Yeah. But now yeah. you 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 feel it in different body well, parts. Well, yeah, I've told you guys that before. N- no. Yeah. You, see, yeah. I told her. Yeah. Parts. 
Uh, yeah. Same PTP. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like you would see it. No, because it's up here in the mouth too. It goes, there's mostly up here and then around the mouth area. So sometimes they're out here though. Yeah. So kind of like the ladies out here. That's where her sound is. But also you can, you feel like, I remember one time you were talking about like seeing mm-hmm. it around people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People have colors. Yeah. 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 But not always. They have, they have colors though. Sometimes the color changes too. It's not specific to Are one you person. talking about those like the psychic ladies of no. the or okay. I don't believe in that Please. shit. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, but people have color. <laughs> people have color and they have it in the 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 um colors have here. The yeah. the taste up here though. You know what I mean? No, you don't know what no, I mean. I don't know what you mean. Like I'm trying to relay, but I Indy is orange because that's the way the color tastes. Is it tastes orange? <laughs> Not like the fruit, but like the color. And so it's like up here, though. You taste yeah. it up here. Like, you know wasabi? But your nose smells. No, I know it's not smell. Do you smell. know when you, when you, know you wasabi? smell? You, yeah, wasabi. You know wasabi? That feeling up here? Yeah. That's where orange is. Got it. Yeah, but it's that orange. <laughs> but like, so it's like a citrus. No. Okay. No, but <laughs> It's not a taste taste. It's a head taste. But like, you know. Not that, a mouth taste. Do you know that you taste when you smell? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Like, I know that. So if you're smelling shit, you're tasting shit. Yeah. That's crazy. That's right? why you lose your taste when you fucking get sick. That's fucking <laughs> wild. Yeah. It's all connected, though, because it's all in the head and everything. Yeah. So orange is here with like wasabi, but it's not orange, orange like citrus, but it's the way that the color tastes. Yeah? yeah? Up here. I get it from your head. Okay. I'm putting myself in your head. But it's not a mouth head. taste, the head taste. Yeah. Yeah. We good. Good? Cool. Brenbo doesn't taste orange though. Brenbo tastes more like 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 a sad lime. <laughs> like a sad lime. You know you know what I love about when you talk about like tasting colors yeah. and all that stuff because you're mixing senses together. Yeah, because it's not it's not it's like so a mouth cool. taste; it's a head taste. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the way that t- that it gets conveyed over is taste. So. Um. No, but like back to the what were we talking about the indie music? What? Yeah, it's independent. Oh yeah, independent. Mm-hmm. Like oh. But it's crazy because, like, indie music, you have a certain genre, right? Mm-hmm. But then you don't call an independent rapper indie music. Is he indie, though? If, an, if a rapper is independent, they're, they're indie, correct? Not. Like, in the genre of indie music, it, it's like, it doesn't show, ra- it, sh- it shows Arctic Monkeys, Death Cab of a Cute, For Cutie, mm. um, Vampire Weekend, like, all those bands that are. Like, doesn't, I don't know. doesn't those the the idea of an indie genre kind of defeat the purpose of indie? Because now they're all grouped together and they're yeah. not independent no more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like an indie label group, like an indie label kind of shit like that. It, they're not independent anymore because now they're a whole bunch of fucking people underneath one person, right? Yeah. So it's kind of redundant. Not redundant. It's like defeats the purpose. Yeah. You know. As opposed to some kid out there fucking you know, recording their shit in a fucking little booth and everything like that, printing out fucking CDs in fucking 1999 style, mm-hmm. you know, just sending it out. It's like, there you go. That's true fucking indie right there. You know? But we don't need big labels anymore. No, no. that's true. The, you're, you're doing the damn thing through all of this. What happened? That's cow. Oh, my wife's watching. Of... Yeah, I don't so. know if you guys know, we're independent and we mm-hmm. do this from mine and Isabel's house. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So. We're, in a We're indie. Room. <laughs> We're indie. We are. That's fucking mind blown kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> Something new every day. Like a fucking you crack open a fucking forger cookie. Guess what? You're indie. Oh shit. You're fucking right. <laughs> but I think I think everything we do, even at the gym, right? Yeah, it's independent, right? Or like tattooing. Like no, tattooing is not indie though, is it? 
because I'm an artist who works underneath another shop, so that I'm not an independent artist. You're an in, you're independent artist. No, you're independent artist, not tattoo artist. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And not an independent tattoo artist, because then I work with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I don't want to work in my fucking garage. <laughs> Fuck that. What did you think indie was? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I thought it was just like, you know how they have, you know, like certain kinds of other fucking music and shit like that. They could have fucking like, I don't know, if lecture or swing. That was just a fucking general ass fucking name. I didn't think it was like an actual like thing. So my head just translates indie into being like fake suede and beads. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, but that's, that's a, uh, what were we talking? Frambo. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. I want to play it. It just it scares me. So oh, so you don't play it? No, I have. I watched it. I've watched playthroughs of it and like that because mm-hmm. I I, go, I watch playthroughs before I play a game because I want to know what the fuck is going on at least for the beginning part. But then it's like at some point, then yeah, I, I'll either go and I'll play it or I'm not. But Fran Bo, I didn't because it's kind of like I got I got interested in the story. I'm like, oh shit, okay, this kid is fucking schizophrenia. And so I kept watching it, and the more I watched it, and I'm like, the more disturbed I got. And I'm like, oh shit, never mind. I don't want to play this no more. <laughs> but I mean, I do because it'd be interesting to to, to play it, obviously, because. It's a video game, but at the same time, it's like I said, the only one to truly disturb me enough not to like actually watch it. You know, I can watch gore and horror bullshit and like that, fucking demons or whatever ghosts, but the, none of them ever scared me like that does. So, how much does it? How much do Steam? You play a lot of Steam? No, not a lot. Just uh, occasionally. How much do Steam games cost? Depends. Yeah, I think I think that like bending the ink machine when it first came out was like maybe like what ten bucks or something like that. And it was just because it was like chapter one or something like that. And that goes towards the developers. And so um I'm actually really excited because I'm waiting. I don't know if it's gonna be on Steam though. There's um a new FNAF game coming out and it's gonna be a security breach. It's gonna be it's a uh it's one of those games that you could um fucking what the hell is it called? You have the camera. And you're moving around a free roam game. It's a free roam game for FNAF. And that's gonna be really fucking cool. And that's one of the ones I want to play, but I don't know if it's gonna be on Steam or not. So that one's gonna be really cool because it's like you can actually move around and the animatronics are still fucking coming at you and shit. And so now you can actually fucking run. And it's like, oh shit, that's cool. So before you weren't able to, before you were able to just kind of like hide underneath the covers or you know, close the fucking um, door to the fucking the the, the uh, security security room and shit. And so that in itself is a whole is a whole different kind of horror because I know Scott was the first one to do that. You know, Scott, Scott Cawthorn, 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 Cawthorn. He was the first one to do that kind of uh, horror setup for a game where you aren't unable to move, where you have to rely solely on your power supply there. And now it's different. Now, and I love the setup for it because it's all like 80s retro kind of like mall shit. And I love that whole aesthetic. I think it's really cool. It's like the whole like ret- like vaporwave kind of shit and everything like that. It has that kind of aesthetic to it. And so I really want to play that. It's gonna be, I don't know if it's going to be on Steam or not, but I want to play it. So, yeah, I don't play a lot of Steam games. What game is that called? It's um, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. So, so, so Five Nights at Freddy. So yeah. explain. It's fun. So Five Nights at Freddy. Yeah. That was that started off from Steam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you explain what Steam is? Steam is like. Um, if listeners don't know what it is. Oh, Steam is like this app that um, indie video. I think it's indie video game like produced like game designers and shit like that can upload their own pieces of work on and so other people can buy it and they can play it or they can do free trial and play it and everything right and sometimes they get take off like you know FNAF did or other times you know they get things like bending the ink machine where it has a bit more of an under kind of you know not as popular of, of a game but it's still enough to you know get dolls made or the like, action figures made to get more pieces of the games made and it's really cool because there's a lot of people on there who are just like, fucking just throwing it out there to see who picks it up you know 
And so that's what Steam is. I, I don't play a lot of it, but it, it is fun. So I probably got some shit wrong in there, but, <laughs> you know. No, you're good. They have, like, stuff called, like, the green light. Yeah. Where they can have stuff. They have those people that are independent trying to develop their own games. And then they have big companies that put their games on Steam also. Yeah. So it has a wide variety of, like, range that pricing. Mm -hmm. And they usually have big sales to where you can just buy a bunch of games. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That shit's fun. So. Uh, but. But Five Nights at Freddy, what that that took off from Steam? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Because originally Scott Cawthon, he was a video game designer, I think, in the '90s, right? And so what happened is that he, um, is that he he tried to to take off his whole video game making career, right? He would try to release games. Originally, it was these kid games that they'd be like Christian based, and it's like, oh, you know, find this dog and blah blah blah, right? And nothing fucking took. People are like, oh, my God, it's fucking his animation's creepy as shit. It's like, I don't want this in a kid's game, blah, 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 right? And he's like, fine, fuck it. My last attempt, you know, let's make this video game about these four animatronics and have to be a security guard and keep them out and survive the fucking night, right? And as soon as he put that out there and shit, it fucking took off. And I love that it took off like that because he fucking had no fucking idea what the fuck he was doing. He just was like, you know what? Fuck it. Take this and everything. And people just ran with it. And now there's a whole bunch of lore behind it. There's video, there's video games, obviously. There's books made. And this whole like backstory for the video game that just kind of kept going and so i'm pretty sure scott doesn't actually know what the fuck he's doing or any kind of idea about like what the actual history behind the game is like in in kayfabe like they don't know what the actual fucking you know what he's what he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing but he's just like you know what fuck it let's do that and um that's really cool because it gives him a lot of like leeway to be leeway to be able to play around with the storyline there and to be able to change animatronics designs because that's another thing that i absolutely love too is in between each game and everything that they'll change the designs of the animatronics like from the first game to the second game they made fucking toy chica and toy chica is really fucking cool because she don't got a fucking you know beak and everything it's just this big gaping hole in her fucking face and they added the puppet they added balloon boy and everything they added a bunch of different shit in there and branched out and it just it made it all so much bigger and like it's it's cool so i'm excited for the new game so and they added a crocodile and they added a wolf and i'm excited for the for, for was it moondrop moondrop i think is a character it's a fucking one of the, his head like that shit and it's really cool you know what's crazy is that the bunch of these kids wear the shirts yeah a bunch of the kids wear the shirts and yeah it's definitely. like do the parents even know what it is is it gruesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what happens and everything the whole story behind it is William Afton was um these uh, he was a co-creator of these animatronics right and everything and he basically the original story was that he had stuffed children into suits he had stuffed what children into animatronic fuck? suits and they killed them he crushed them put them in the suits left their bodies in there to rot and everything and now these suits are haunted by these these children's ghosts right and since then the whole story kind of you know it continued on you know so now the puppet was the first one who got killed her name was Charlotte you know she goes killed behind a behind a five, uh, a five Nights at Freddy's, like a Fazbear pizza kind of restaurant, right? So she possessed the puppet and brought the other ones to life. That way they could take revenge back on Afton. And the only one who was unable to move on was fucking Golden, Golden Freddy. And Golden Freddy wasn't able to move on because the little girl who the little girl and the boy who was possessing the soul of it and everything like that just was, they were like, fuck this. We're not going to fucking forgive this guy. Fuck that. And so they decided to fucking haunt him in hell. And that's, I think, what um, fucking, what's it called? <clears throat> Custom Night's about. That's what Custom Night is. So I tried to clap over here that way and get the microphone, but you still did. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I felt that in between my palms. But um, yeah, definitely, it's a really cool game. So I don't know what the whole, I don't know what the whole storyline. Oh wait, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is now because I know it's gonna be Vanny. But the whole thing about the last game of it was is it was a VR game, right? And the whole 
the whole thing about it is that now they have a reluctant follower of William Afton. His soul is gone. He's fucking stuck in spring trapping in hell or whatever like that, right? And so now he has a reluctant follower in Vanny, who is a girl who was possessed by glitch trap in the end of that game. And um, she's going out killing people, trying to infect other people, pull their spirits in and shit like that, and pull like the remnants part of their soul together and shit like that, right? For fucking Afton to come back from the fucking dead. And Wait, so, who is this? Sorry, Nashi. Yeah. Who, who is this? The character? Yeah, that you're talking about? You said uh, Franny? No, Vanny. Vanny. Yeah, Vanessa. Vanny. Okay. She's Vanny. called a reluctant follower. She's wearing the white rabbit mask with the red eyes. Got it. But she is the one who, I guess, was was influenced or is influenced by, by Glitch Trap, who is... William Afton, his psyche being put into a computer and now possessing other people's souls. So she's going out and killing kids, bringing them in and everything, sucking out their souls, getting their life force and shit. That way Afton can fucking come back from the dead, I think. At least it's my understanding currently. I don't know the fucking, like, like the newest game, what they're going to do with it and everything. But it is, you're playing, I believe, a security guard still. You're trying to protect this boy who got trapped in there. So you guys are both trapped in there with Vanny and the other animatronics, you know. So. so it was created by one guy? Yeah. This Scott whole Cawthorn. world. I understand he probably got more people. Yeah. It was right. created by Scott Cawthorn. He, I believe he's the one who who completely programmed the first game. Yeah. Because that was an independent game. What? Can you, like, imagine him saying, like, this is what I see in my mind. Yeah. That's exactly what he fucking did. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. That's what you do. You create pieces of artwork like that. Because I consider video games to be an art, you know. That you go and you take what's in your head and you put it out there for other people to see, no matter how fucked up and gruesome and shit it is, you know? Because he created the storylines, too. He created the stories. He created the characters, the world, all of it. I love world building for that reason. Because no the fuck would think about a purple guy being a fucking dead dude in his, in, in, with an endoskeleton fucking walking around as a fucking security guard and shit trying to grab fucking, you know, kids and stuff them into fucking puppets and shit, you know? Who the but, fuck would think about that? And who the fuck would think about all these other fucking stories? That, because like, there's book series with the whole FNAF world. There's book series. And it's like, how the fuck does he come up with that? He, it was funny. Um, one of the books, there's a, um, a theorist out there, right, on YouTube called Matt Pat, And he does film theory or game theory, right? And so Scott, him and Scott have this whole thing where they go back and forth where it's like he's the main th- person who's been theorizing stuff in regards to the Five Nights at Freddy's series. And so Scott will watch his videos and everything, right? And they go back and forth. And so what they, Scott did, he put a character in fucking one of the books, got the dude pregnant with one of the, with the, one of the animatronics and had him fucking give birth. But that character's name that got pregnant and everything from the animatronic was named Matt. <laughs> like Matt, <laughs> and so he's like, "Hey, Matt, look at this," and he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck you," you know. But as I love involvement also from the fandoms like that too, where it's like you have the creators interacting with actual, you know, fans, and you can take bits and pieces. Like I'll bet you fucking Scott watched a lot of those videos, and he's like, "You know what, Matt? Let's fuck with him. Let's throw this shit in here," and they just fucking just see what happens. So that's really cool. And you can't you can't do that with a big fucking company, right? You can't you can't have much fucking control over it. Well, this whole entire time, because my nephews, I see kids. Yeah. I thought it was a kid's game. Oh, it is a kid's game. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like a kid's game. It's not. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's marketed towards kids, but it's very much not a super kid. Fr- like, I would not give a six-year-old Five Nights at Freddy's. I wouldn't. Maybe if they were, like, ten, sure, you know, because, like, obviously Ted's and your ten-year-olds are going to be little fucking edgelords like fucking Kira is. Little fucking edgelord with fucking, like, I'm a demon princess of blah, blah, blah. It's like, cool. Great kid. I mean, I can't say shit. I was the same way, so. But Five Nights at Freddy's, it's it's not, it, in my opinion, it's not a kid's game. It's it's like, though, it's cool. 
So I love it. It's so it's it's so insane to me. Like mm-hmm. like the world is changing and we didn't even know it. Oh yeah, you watch it. You watch the world. That's what I'm saying. Well, before you wouldn't even say that ten years ago that people are not watching the world. Why? But I'm saying like people every, are always watching, yeah. But everybody's online now. Like we're yeah. literally online. Yeah. Definitely. We're always online because it's the chips. The chips are up here too and they're constantly being fed information, being fed information and receiving information. And so they go back up. I don't believe in the chips. Sure. Go ahead. You don't have to believe. I'm still right. We're going to go back and forth on this all I'm the time. I'm still right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yes. I'm wrong. I know I'm right because I've seen the aliens. I've seen them do it. Yeah. So we've but all been it, abducted. But like just think about just phones though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's connected Phones, kids. Fucking kids got fucking phones now. Yeah. What the hell? I thought I fucking had to be like high school. Or I always thought when I was in high school, and I, that was like a privilege to get a fucking phone at like 16. It's like, fuck yeah, I'm 16 now. I get a phone. And it's just kind of like, nope, not anymore. Now it's like fucking a five-year-old has a phone. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. Who the fuck are you going to be calling? But <laughs> it, like, do you think the guys that created the internet, created like computers, do, they, do you think they saw this coming? Military? Not military, but yeah, like, the military made the internet. No. Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. Well, let me look it <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, they did. I had the computer. It was used right as a device here. at first. It was a tool. And they had this big fucking. Because think about it. Who the fuck would conceptualize the fucking internet? They got that shit from the fucking aliens. Um. We got a lot of shit from them. Bob Kahn. We got calculators from them. So 1983, January 1st. The online world then took unrecognized from one. Okay, so Tim Berner Lee invented the World Wide Web. Did he? That's what it says. One person? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he's credited with it. So like, do you think do you think uh how did I forget his fucking name? The guy that made Apple. Steve Jobs? Yeah, do you think Steve Jobs saw all this? Yeah. Like when he created that that the first iPhone, mm-hmm. he's like, this is going to spiral like crazy. Like everybody has a phone now. Your grandma, mm-hmm. my grandma has a phone. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure they saw it coming in all honesty. If you think about it, humans like convenience. They like convenience and they like having something that's, you know, that is already there for them. Because I mean, it's convenience, I guess anyway, but they want to be able to reach other people and then they want the convenience of having things like right in their fucking pocket. Think about like apps, you know, yeah. like, oh, I need this thing. Oh, there's an app for that, you know. And that's one of the things that, you know, people will always pick the easier way to do something if they have the ability to. Like, why would you go out and do make the harder, make things harder for yourself when you just fucking get an app and do it there? You know, and so I think that's why the Steve Jobs and the other people like him, they saw that as an opportunity. They're like, oh, shit, we can do something with this. And they continue to do that. And that's why the, I know Apple has this big fucking, you know, tower fucking bullshit. But that's why we're using a fucking iPad right here and here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so they saw potential there and they kept building on it. And that's what's really cool for them. You know, it's just I find it to be kind of like I'm one of those people where I'm like, fuck you, Apple, I guess. But watch it because of that. No, my iPad's going to fucking die. Watch. Yeah, but, but like at the same time, it's like, okay, he created this outlet for small people, small, small people, small towns, small. people. Like we live in a small town. Yeah. There should be no reason why, like we're promoting ourselves constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I am for mm-hmm. sure. I'm always online, but there should be no reason why someone from Los Banos, California 
the, a tattoo artist from Los Banos, California. People are going to find out about you from Utah, Florida, <laughs> other countries. Like on my podcast, shameless plug, The Hassle of Hair, um, someone listened from <laughs> Belgium, the Netherlands. Fuck, that's um, far. Yeah, like different countries. That's cool. Like it, it's crazy. Yeah. Because people, people, they, people are like, they want to have connections with other people. They want to have other contact with people. And it's like yeah. when you are talking into a podcast or you're talking to a screen or a microphone or whatever, it's like I'm talking directly towards you, you know. And like you said, it makes, feel, makes people feel special, you know. That's why I like a lot of those POV videos and everything like that people like because they feel like, you know, maybe they are an agoraphobe or whatever like that and they're still lonely and maybe they want to have friends, but they don't feel comfortable enough to leave their house to actually go out and make friends. And so they, what the POVs do is it helps kind of fill that void for people. It helps them get kind of interacting with people. It helps them feel connected. Even if they don't want to actually talk to people, it makes them feel like they are because humans are naturally a more social kind of creature. You know, I personally just find the POVs to be fucking creepy as shit because I don't like being <laughs> fucking watched. So, yeah. um, but I think that's what, you know, what people want. They want to be interacting with other people. And so you do have people coming from like, you know, the Netherlands and Belgium and shit watching your videos, you know, because they want to have other interaction with people. They want to hear what you have to say, you know. So. It's just crazy because Hollywood was just hoarder. They like think about the the 90s and the early 2000s they were just hoarding stories we weren't what? Uh, yeah this is the way my mind works you know how you smell colors mm -hmm. yeah this is the way i think and I, it's fucking crazy um they were hoarding stories like they were hoarding um like we have stories in los baños but no one's gonna hear about them if there wasn't the internet oh we can tell them that's what we're doing. That's yeah. crazy, right? Hell yeah, definitely. That's really cool, though. It's a cool thought because it's like there's a bunch of shit going on there that we don't fucking know about. There's shit going on here that people over there don't fucking know about. The only way we're going to be able to communicate that is by telling it through things like videos or through things like audio. And so I think that actually really is a cool thought. So like, I want to know the things out there. I want to see other shit. I want to see other artwork. It'd be fucking sick. <sighs> I want to go to art conventions. <laughs> I'm tired. I just want to go to art conventions and see cool shit. Because I love looking at artwork from other people. So, What's your favorite thing about Los Banos? About Los Banos? Uh, fucking, I live here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like my base is here. I've been here for, since I was nine. And so I've been here for 17 years. It's like I, you know, my friends are here. My family is here. My job is here. The gym is here. Everything I have is here, you know. And I feel very comfortable because it's like, why the fuck would I need to move to, you know, fucking, I don't know, Sacramento with my fucking mom if I have everything here that I need? So, but it's only here because now, cause, cause it's been built here. You know, the gym wasn't here before, you know, my relationship with the gym hasn't been here before, you know, until I decided to build it just like fucking work. I wasn't a tattoo artist until, until I just started to go in there, you know? And so it's like, you have to find something there and just keep going with it, you know? So that's my favorite thing here is that fucking everything is here. Fuck yeah. Established here. Fuck yeah. You know? And it's like, it's a nice place too, I guess. I like that it gets hot. I like summer the best, so I really don't mind it when it gets hot. Fuck I, you. Fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> I like summer. I like being able to fucking have a cold fucking bowl of fruit in a fucking, you know, summer heat. That shit fucking nice as hell. I like not being able to fucking freeze my ass and just wear as little clothes as possible. That's nice. So. That's like, like Fuck winter. Yeah. I <laughs> love the winter. It's cold. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> The winners on the being a chubby guy back in the day, the winter was the only time I was able to get girls. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> get a fucking blanket, it'll be fine. No, it's just 
like we're fucking doing the damn thing, right? Yeah. Like a lot of you people mean living. No, like Los Baños, I'm saying, like oh, you yeah. said, like you got to build it. Yeah, definitely. Because nothing, because the reason why people leave is because there's nothing here for them, you know? They can't fucking kids get out of high school and they go, oh shit, fuck my family, fuck my mom, blah, 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 like that. And they're like, I'm going to go to fucking, I don't know, Oregon and do this bullshit. And so they leave because there's nothing here for them, you know? There's no schools here for them. There's no, you know, nothing of their interest here, you know? Because they're still growing. This town is still growing. And so there's not a lot of entertainment for kids when they get out of high school. There's not a lot of, you know, stable jobs for them to get into. Our fucking education education system here and everything is very minimal as far as the, I at least I have experienced fucking you know the fucking junior college here and everything has maybe like six programs for you and then you're fucking done you know you got to travel out of town to do half your fucking classes and so it's like in the end of the day an 18 year old kid is fucking you know get it's just leaving their house there's not even fucking housing here for them there's nothing you fucking go to an apartment none of there's not openings for fucking you know six months and it's gonna be like fucking 1200 this kid doesn't even got a fucking job you know and so it's like there's nothing here for them. Not yet. But that's why you got to build shit. So it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be quick, but you got to do it, you know. So LB needs to get on more affordable housing because I don't want to live with my dad forever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live with him forever. Fuck that. Believe me, Nashi. Yeah. The way we're going, you're going you're gonna to take over this town. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for that many people. Fuck that. <laughs> Not meaning that you're going to be responsible for them. Okay. You're just going to, you're going to make a name for yourself. Hell yeah. That name is Nasty Nashi. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Plug right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Nash, where, where do find people find you on, uh, to get tattoos and. To get tattoos and piercings and stuff, because I do piercings too. You can find me at Nasty Tattoos, 555 Ice Street, across the street from Bank of America. And um, deposits are always welcome. Secures your spot. goes towards the price of your tattoos. I'm there pretty much every day except for Thursdays and Saturdays. You can also find me on Instagram at nasty.nashi. And, yeah, if you get interested, hit me up. You do something cool. And thanks for listening to Happy Dagger Podcast. See you later. Bye.